Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by Neurobloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors, available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I'm Steven Klausnitzer. He's the CEO and co-founder of Forever Labs. And we're going to talk about what they do there, uh, which is adult stem cell banking, amongst other activities. So, Stephen, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Rich. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, tell listeners a bit about your background and what led you to, uh, you know, either run or create uh, Forever Labs. Sure. Um, so I uh, I grew up uh, surrounded by entrepreneurship. My grandfathers on both sides are uh, entrepreneurs that started their own companies, and I, I sort of just always knew I would. Um, I'm fortunate in that I keep good company. And, um, you know, one of my closest friends is a guy named Mark Katakowski. He's a PhD in medical physics. Um, you talk about finding genius. Uh, I found it in him. And we became really good friends. Uh, and he started telling me about his research using mesenchymal stem cells to treat uh, various neuropathologies at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. And this is just randomly. We weren't trying to start a company. He was just telling me one night about how he was taking stem cells from young mice and giving them to genetically matched older mice uh, to treat their strokes. And he found that uh, when you gave they're genetically matched, essentially mice, cells from younger mice, uh, they improved much more quickly. Um, and he became convinced that having access to your own young stem cells uh, would be something that you would want in the future. And so we're having this conversation. And um, by the time he was done talking with me, I was very excited not to start a company, but to find a company that would store my stem cells. Uh, the reason being is he was telling me is as you age, you lose stem cells in number and function. So you have less of them, the older you get, and the ones that remain are damaged and less effective than when you were younger. So you want to bank them as young as possible. So looked for a company that would do that for me and Mark, and we couldn't find it. It didn't exist. This is back in like 2015. And so um, we decided to reach out to an orthopedic surgeon that I, I know that I went to high school with and asked him if he would take out our bone marrow so that we could store our own bone marrow. You can imagine that was an interesting conversation. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Would you take out my bone marrow? That's, uh, that's really how it started. Um, the doctor, his name is Dr. Laith Farjo, phenomenal physician. Laith told me, he said, you know, I'm already taking out bone marrow 
regularly and treating people at point of care with their own bone marrow. Uh, it decreases inflammation. You can help regrow healthy tissue. Um, and a lot of ortho- orthopods are using uh, the service across the country. And then he told me something that made the entrepreneurial light bulb go off. He told me that uh, some of his patients were asking if they could store some of their bone marrow for later. And that's when I realized that perhaps not just me and Mark wanted to do this, but there'd be others across the country. And so Again, that was back in 2015. We started Forever Labs in Ann Arbor, Michigan. People started flying in uh, to bank their stem cells with us. Now we're in 20 markets across the United States and, um, you know, sort of off to the races. We've accomplished a lot since then, which I'm happy to get into. Um, I I know you're an entrepreneur as well. We went through the Y Combinator program in 2017, which was Yeah. Uh, But anyways, that's my background, mostly in uh, business development and sales before I started the company. Um, Now I serve it as its CEO um, and uh, co-founder with Mark. And uh, yeah, um, sort of always. Okay. Well, I got got some questions for you. So can you (laughs) induce um, pluripotency in skin or blood or any other kinds of cells? So it's not as as invasive as bone marrow? Yeah. Yeah. IPSC technology or induced pluripotency is really exciting tech. Um, very bullish on it. As far as uh, not having to take out the bone marrow, I think that someday that could definitely be the case. But unfortunately, I think that's probably, you know, decades and decades away. Um, right now, the technology is really promising. You can take, take for example, people that aren't in uh, biology that are interested. You can take a skin cell these days and express these, like, I think they're called Yamanaka factors. I'm not not a scientist, Mark's a scientist, um, but you express the Yamanaka factors and you're able to essentially induce, uh, sort of create pluripotency in the skin cell. You can revert it back to its sort of most uh, nascent state, which is pluripotency. So that's when a, a cell, a stem cell can essentially be any other type of any cell. Uh, the ones that we bank from the bone marrow are called uh, multipotent stem cells, which means they can be many things, but uh, not anything. As far as answer your question, uh, we believe that uh, the technology is really exciting. It's coming. It's a ways off. It'll be very, I think, specific in how it's used at first. I think some of the most promising research right now is studying with uh, ophthalmology, et cetera. Um, eventually, though, I do think that, you know, 50, 60 years from now, the ability to create sorry, a, sort of a pluripotent stem cell line that, you know, anyone can use uh, is possible. Right now, though, um, you know, the first ever, I always say the first ever stem cell treatment was actually, you know, for a blood cancer. It still happens regularly when people have uh, leukemia and they need to have a bone marrow transplant. They go out, they find a donor. Um, oftentimes it's a family member, not always. And even if they're, you know, an HLA match, there's often a really, I think it's like almost 50% rejection rates, really high. And that's because your own biology is really important. So in the interim, before this technology, this IPSC technology is you know, available and widely used, um, we believe the best possible thing you could do is to bank your young bone marrow. Um, you have access to your mesenchymal stem cells, your hematopoietic stem cells, endothelial progenitor cells, and all of these various mononuclear cells that are responsible for you know, building bone, connective tissue, vasculature, um, supporting your immune system, et cetera. So um, I am excited about that technology. I just think it's a ways off. I mean, uh, in the meantime, this is definitely, the, I think, the best thing someone could do for themselves. Gotcha. Okay. What's the procedure? Someone will agree to do this and then what they go to a local doctor's office and they have a procedure to take a bit of marrow out of their hip or something, or how does this work? Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, you would go to foreverlabs.com, sign up for the procedure, and then we pair you with a physician that's close to you, or you actually pair yourself. There's certain areas of the country where we have multiple 
options. You, most people just pick whatever is most geographically um, convenient. Um, I should say our doctors hail from Harvard, Stanford, Duke, Michigan. Um, we've got some of the best trained physicians, uh, you know, in our network. You go to the clinic, and I always tell our clients to uh, plan to have about an hour of your day. Um, and that's not the procedure. It's mostly filling out paperwork, et cetera. Um, the procedure itself is pretty quick. So you go back there, the physician will administer some lidocaine. And as you mentioned, like to your hip, sort of the back, it's called the posterior iliac crest. Um, it's really just your, your hip, the, sort of the top of your hip. A little lidocaine, uh, just like at the dentist. And uh, after that, you really don't feel much. It's just a little pressure. They put in a, um, a jam sheety needle, which goes into your bone. It sounds like it'd be very painful. It's not. Um, but then when they remove the, the stylet, it creates sort of a negative pressure in there. And there is a bit of a cramp that almost everyone experiences. Some people say it's a two out of 10 on the discomfort scale. Others have said, um, you know, higher. I, I myself gave it a four, but that's really fleeting. It goes away very quickly. Um, the procedure itself is normally done within uh, 10 to 15 minutes. And then you have a little Band-Aid that gets placed there. And you're sort of back to work the same day. The I always say it felt like I had a little bruise on my hip that lasted maybe a week or two. Um, and then after that, it was, you know, I wouldn't have known I even had it done. Uh, but then the, that bone marrow is sent uh, to our lab in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where it is processed and all of the mononuclear cells from your bone marrow are stored in liquid nitrogen um, and rendered biologically inert. So you'll continue to age with the cells that we have stored. Don't store them in multiple uh, little vials and so you have access to your cells at multiple points in the future. Um, you can grow these cells to hundreds of millions just from one of those vials. So you have an almost unlimited supply of your own cells for the future. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, that's I'm, cool. Uh, wow. So you can, um, you can withdraw from the bank, the stem cell bank, uh, unlimited times or how many? Yeah, I mean, so I believe that most people end up with around 10 of these vials. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they're yours. They belong to you. We always say we're just custodians of the cells. They're yours. Um, if you have a physician that would like to utilize them, they can request uh, them from us and we will overnight them there for, I think we charge $300 anywhere in the United States. So we're not trying to hold them hostage or charge a bunch of money to ship them. Um, we're really just trying to provide a service. So yeah, it's pretty straightforward. The plan is uh, people pay us two different ways. One is called a lifetime plan where someone pays us um, $9,000 up front, which is quite a bit of money, uh, but then they never have to pay the annual storage fee. The other plan is called the annual plan. People pay us $2,500 up front. And then uh, once a year, they pay $250 for storage. It's very similar to the cord blood industry that stores uh, cells from the um, umbilical cord blood for newborns. So yeah, um, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm turning literally this week, I'm turning 45 years old. Uh, my stem cells that I have banked with Forever Labs are 38 years old. So every year I get older, they become sort of more precious to me. My goal is that I can use these prophylactically. So I don't necessarily want to use them to treat a stroke or a cardiac event or, um, you know, they're being used to treat Alzheimer's in, in Japan. There's an approval for early onset Alzheimer's using mesenchymal stem cells. So I mean, that's great that I'll have them if I need them for such things. But what I'm really interested in is preventing those things. Can I take my 38-year-old cells, and let's say by the time I'm 50, can I grow them and start reintroducing them you know, prophylactically, not to, pre- not to treat disease, but to prevent it? Um, that's why we started the company. That's the thing we're most excited about. We're a ways off from being able to do that here in the United States. But we have been able to, so far, extend healthy lifespan in mice. Um, by over 28% by reintroducing these, these cells. So um, wait, wait, one, one yeah. quick question. So yeah, 
can you have them put back into you here or do you have to go offshore to use them or like what what yeah, applications are approved here in the u.s <laughs> yeah so in the u.s um if you were to have a blood cancer and you had your precancerous cells banked with forever labs you know it stands to reason that you your physician would likely uh, be interested in that. You could be your own donor, so to speak. In fact, these days when someone does have, um, you know, a blood cancer and they're in remission, they'll often bank their remiss bone marrow so that they have access to it in the future. So that that could be done now. But other than that, there are really very few um, uses outside of clinical trials in the U.S. There's over a thousand clinical trials that are using um, mesenchymal stem cells to treat various age-related diseases. Um, but if you were to use them in the U.S., it would have to be part of uh, a law that was recently passed a couple of years back um, called Right to Treat, which allows a physician uh, to use um, something like stem cells or an unapproved treatment if the physician deems that it could be life-saving. Um, and so uh, that is, I think, a wonderful step forward. Um, we're not, you know, it's not all the way forward yet, but it's a step in the right direction where some of our clients, if they... Uh, needed to use them for a dire circumstance could. Um, other than that, yes, you would have to go um, overseas in order to use them. Again, we can ship them uh, places so that a physician overseas can administer them. And we have um, some of these types of partnerships at like right now at the moment, um, burgeoning for us to be able to offer that to our clients. So I'm not, you know, I'm not getting any younger myself, Rich. I'm right. turning 45 and myself at 38. I want to use them. Like my whole family has been for stem cells. Everyone I know, my friends, our company, everyone that works for us. So, you know, we're not just out there selling a product. We want to be consumers ourselves of, of the product and be able to start reintroducing these cells again, not to treat disease, but to, ideally to prevent it. Is it ever too late to bank them? Yeah, you're too old or you have uh, advanced cancer or whatever it is. So there are conditions under which you should not bank them. Yeah, well, as far as the second one, advanced cancer, uh, we would insist that you talk to your physician before um, banking if you had, uh, you know, disease state like that. Uh, but for most people, um, you know, I always say when's the best time to plant a tree? The answer is, you know, 20 years ago or today, right? So uh, same thing with yourselves. You know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, man, I'm already in my 30s. I'm too late. You're not. In fact, um, same thing. People will say in their 50s are too late. What happens is right around the, uh, the age of 30, you start to have a decline in both number and function of these cells. But it's a slow decline, and it's highly variable based on the individual. Uh, some people are healthier. Some people have, uh, frankly, just won the genetic lottery and have, you know, better or sometimes worse um, cells just because, uh, you know, they've inherited such a thing. The, um, but the answer is to do it now. We also have technology that we're working on that can improve upon cells. So uh, the idea is in the future, when we start reintroducing these to, you know, rich, some of your cells, maybe I'll use myself as an example. Some of the cells I banked when I was 38, they may all be 38 years old chronologically, but biologically they may express healthier. And some may express, um, you know, in poorer condition, and we want to preferentially select for the healthiest cells and grow those uh, before we reintroduce. So I, I would tell anyone listening to this that if you're healthy, it doesn't matter if you're 30 years old, 20 years old, um, or even 60 years old, you want to bank these cells. So again, the decline starts in 30, but at around the age of 30, highly variable. Between the ages of 70 and 80, almost everyone just sort of falls off a cliff as far as um, the viability of these cells. So just get the, the decline really accelerates in your uh, 70s to 80s. So 
you'd want to do it before that, ideally. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a good question. Everyone asks that. I always say the best time is now. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. Do you have anyone that has uh, pulled them out of the bank and used them on themselves and what happened? Yeah, good question. Um, we had uh, someone in the United States request them. We will only send them to a physician or to a, a, a lab. And uh, they were scientists. And I believe that they were de uh, developing cell lines and using their own. So I'm not sure uh, if they were actually treating any pathology with them. I think they were really doing more research. But uh, other than that, really no one has. And I think there's a reason. Um, number one, thankfully, I don't think anyone's had cause to use them yet. Uh, all of our clients, and we have, you know, over a thousand clients now that have, have done this, but they haven't had cause to use them. Number two is, you know, we've only been around since 2015. So that's seven years as you age. And I'm getting there myself, by the way, but as you age, um, as I mentioned, you lose these cells in number and function. My cells right now that I have circulating my body probably aren't so different from the ones I banked at 38. Um, when I get closer to 55, 60, I think it probably um, that delta between when I banked and when I reintroduce um, will matter a lot. Right now, I don't think it matters so much, thankfully. So I, I think as our clients start that delta between when they banked and how old they are now starts to increase, I think we'll start seeing more and more of our clients requesting their cells. But as of yet, the ones that are in their body probably aren't so different unless they had a blood cancer or something like that, than the ones that they banked. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, I just wondered, again, what under what conditions should you not do it? Like if, um, yeah. you know, if you actively have <laughs> cancer, like you said, you got to talk to your physician, but does anyone have an answer on whether you should or shouldn't do it if that's the case? Yeah, I think um, if you, first of all, if you're in poor health, um, while, the, while the procedure itself is, you know, a minimally invasive, 15 minute outpatient procedure that a healthy person would have no problem with. Um, if you were sick, that could be a stressful situation for your body. Um, and you probably wouldn't want to do it. There's also certain, you know, if you have a neurological uh, issue, it could be that the cells uh, could be very beneficial to you and you'd want to make them, even though you have a sp specific pathology. Um, it could be that with a cancer that you wouldn't want to when um, the cancer is active, you'd want to wait until you're in a remissive state. Um, I'm not a physician, so I can't give you specific answers on that, but I do think um, it would be really smart to talk with your own physician. We also have, you know, our chief medical officer is always willing to speak to clients to um, answer questions as needed. And we have a really talented team that of client, we call them client liaisons that will speak to people even before they sign up that, and just help inform them. 
regarding the risks, the rewards, potential ROI for the future, et cetera. Um, so I would challenge anyone that has any questions like that to go ahead and reach out to us directly. Again, do you have clients that um, have used this and, and how they use it to help themselves? I mean, like, could you would, take the stem cells and, and literally just inject them? Or do yeah. you have to have specific procedures for specific things that are, that are wrong with you? Yeah, very good question. You would definitely want to have a physician doing this, number one. And the way you administer these cells is variable based on the condition, right? So if you're treating a stroke, um, you may do that differently than, um, you know, treating osteoarthritis in the knee. Um, so yes, they even grow them differently. So this is kind of cool. So <clears throat> there's a group that is treating stroke with mesenchymal stem cells. And what they will do is when the culture expand the cells and grow them, they will do so in the presence of the stroke patient's own serum. So they're being grown in serum from someone who recently had a stroke. And what that does, it's amazing. It sort of primes the cells while they're being culturally expanded before they even enter your body. They, they already know, you know, why they're being reintroduced. It's like they're primed for an application. So that's a very specific thing, right? That you can't just have a lay person, uh, you know, do that. Um, you also can't, you can just reintroduce them. Um, we store about uh, the entire amount that we store would be like one therapeutic dose if you didn't grow them. And so you really want, you don't want to use them that way. You want to culture expand these cells. That's the intent. To answer your other question though, no one has really used them yet. And it's not, I don't think because, well, I think it's because no one's had, you know, a blood cancer, no one's had enough time lapsed between when they banked and now, you know, sort of the old, I'm the oldest, right? I was the first, uh, one of the first three, my co-founder Mark, I think was the first <clears throat> to bank ourselves. And they're only seven years, maybe six and a half, uh, you know, younger than I am now. So there's not just a, there's not a big enough gap there yet. Uh, but yeah, they're culture expanded and grown specific to the application They're reintroduced specific to the application. So um, you know, if you have OA of the knee, you're probably going to have a physician um, reintroduce them right into the knee. Uh, sometimes um, they will reintroduce them uh, via IV, um, and these cells are pretty remarkable. Um, mesenchymal stem cells give off uh, about 4% of their weight daily in these things called extracellular vesicles. You may have heard of exosomes. These exosomes go out into the body, and they are like little messengers that find other cells and let them know that there is... Um, you know, healing to be done. So if you reintroduce them, even if it's not locally, the cells will go out by their very nature and find areas of injury in the body um, and graft and start promoting new growth of healthy tissue. And they'll also start giving off these extracellular vesicles, which recruit other cells to the area. So they're sort of like master coordinators of the healing process. So at times reintroduced locally and other times they're just introduced systemically and still have positive benefits. Well, again, have you heard of anyone, uh, you know, using them for, let's say, off-target or unintended effects? You know, I'm not saying you're sanctioning this, sure. but have you heard any stories of people oh, that, yeah. you know, let's say, yeah, once sure. a year on their birthday, they, they take them <laughs> in the bank and they shoot themselves up with it? And, you know, what does it do? Yeah, not from Forever Lab. So we haven't had any of our clients doing that. Uh, again, they, these cells belong to them. And if they have a lab that will take them, we'll send them there. If they have a physician that's requesting, we will. So it just hasn't happened yet. Um you know, and, but to my knowledge, there are certain, certainly people out there that are biohacking and attempting things like this. And I don't know that it's always successful. Um, a lot of it has to do with how you culture expand these cells, Rich. You have to do it, you know, um, a very controlled, very controlled environment. You don't want to grow cells and grow the wrong cells and start reintroducing them. Um, you certainly want to, don't want to reintroduce damaged cells. You don't want to 
induce damage in a cell and then reintroduce it. It's, it's a lot that can go wrong if you don't know what you're doing. Thankfully, our lab has been working with these cells um, you know, for over 20 years now. So uh, Mark in particular started doing his research. He was the, they were the first lab at Henry Ford to ever use a mesenchymal stem cell to treat stroke. And now they're in phase three clinical trials in humans. So um, we've sort of, our, our science team has seen the whole sort of from infancy to where we are now. Um, you know, 50, 56 years ago, we didn't even know what stem cell was. So it's important to remember how new the space is. Any other complications or, uh, I don't know, like what hesitancy have people had about doing this? Um, any of it valid or it's really a simple procedure, yeah. nothing, nothing too no, terrible? I mean, as far as storing the cells, I think it's it's very um, straightforward and, and simple. Um, you know, the same risk that would uh, apply to a blood draw, you know, infection, things like that, um, are the risks of banking new stem cells. But as far as like growing the cells and reintroducing them, that's where a tremendous amount of, of risk exists. Again, because if you don't know what you're doing, you're not growing them properly. But also, you know, we, we've done studies in our lab looking at uh, animals and how well they do after you reintroduce um, young stem cells into genetically matched animals. And not surprisingly, they do much better. They live in a healthier state longer. But eventually, they do all um, obviously die. And they sort of lived as long as the control, the longest age control mouse, all of the mice that receive the cells live to that age. But then they all sort of demise right around the same time they all died. And, you know, we're, we try to look at why that is. And we believe, and I don't want to go too in the weeds here, but we believe that by reintroducing, uh, you know, a large amount of these cells when they were relatively young, middle-aged, really, they burned really bright. They lived in a healthy state longer, as long as possible. And they died because what we also did is we increased the senescent burden of these mice and senescent cells, um, you know, your cells in your body, they either apoptose and leave the body or a lot of them will end up senescent, which is to say that they don't leave the body, but they're also no longer serving a positive function, sort of like zombie cells that stay in the body and take up space. They're pro-inflammatory. Uh, they're, uh, they can be tumorigenic. They're bad news. And by reintroducing a number of these cells in middle age to these mice, they live longer, but eventually uh, a large number of those cells be, do become senescent. And so you actually increase the senescent burden in old age of these mice and they ended up dying. So what we're really interested in, Rich, is can we remove senescent cells from the body, replace them with your own young cells and do that on a schedule? So like you said earlier, is, is anyone every year doing this? That's my goal is to optimize and figure out what's the process by which to do that. Can we take uh, Rich's senescent cells out? and replace them with young, healthy cells on a schedule. Like you wouldn't change the oil in your car by just pouring new good oil on top of the bad oil. You've got to remove the bad oil, right? So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Um, that's a big danger right now is people are playing with, uh, you know, science and technology they maybe don't fully understand and it could be beneficial in the short term, but not in the long term. Um, we're figuring out how to optimize for that so that our clients can uh, utilize these cells in, to live as long as possible and in as healthy a state as possible. And when we, you know, figure out how to best do this, I will be the first person. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I could see someone again, like in their mid forties and they do this and then each year, you know, again, like on their birthday or something, they get an infusion of some kind. And I wonder what that would do to them long-term. It'd be very interesting to see. Yeah. That. I think you'll, I, I'm really excited to do that. And maybe it's one year, maybe it's every six months, maybe it's every four years. We have to figure it out and fully optimize for it. 
Um, again, what I don't want is to help someone in the short term feel much better, but in the long term, you know, um, have it be de- uh, detrimental to their longevity. So really, what are, what are the um, what are the reasons that customers give you on why they want to do this? What motivates them to do it? Yeah, it's a, a wide range of reasons, and it's interesting. You know, let's say we're in San Francisco, which is where we had, I think, our second clinic was out in San Francisco, and we have some really good doctors out there. A lot of people out there are ch- are chasing longevity and are not banking maybe for a specific pathology to treat, but because they want to leverage these cells to live longer um, in a healthy state. So there's a lot of forward thinking technologists sort of out there that are are banking for that reason. We're headquartered in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I would say the people in Michigan are quite pragmatic, really practical people. They're banking their stem cells too. um, And they are all over the country for a number of reasons, but more because they're doing research and looking into, um, you know, upcoming treatments for, you know, disease states that perhaps they're genetically, you know, predestined to have, you know, my grandfather, uh, my father's side passed away um, and had dementia and he ended up falling, breaking his hip later in life. And there, these cells that we're banking, they create osteoblasts that, you know, make your bones stronger. If your bones are stronger and you're exercising regularly because you're not bedridden or chair ridden, you're less likely to have dementia onset. Also, these cells are being used in clinical trials to treat dementia too. So for me, I'd be really interested in that. So people, I think, make this decision based on those two things. Some are more in the longevity camp, some are more in the pragmatic, I want to have these set aside to treat something I know I'm likely to get later in life. And then there are people that have recently had children and they, you know, bank the umbilical cord blood of their child, their newborn, and that child doesn't need to ever have forever labs. They have their own cells set aside. They never have to do this. But the parents, we didn't have that option when we were born. And so uh, some people will bank because of that. There's a number of reasons that people give, but yeah. Within families, is there also a potential application where like, you know, if I bank my stem cells, then, you know, my son may be able to use them or, you know, someone else in my family or vice versa. You know, my my son does it. I may be able to use them if we're compatible in some way. Yeah, you know, earlier I, I sort of mentioned the HLA match for uh, people on the bone marrow registry that are looking, you know, that unfortunately have a blood cancer looking for someone to donate. And it's often a family member and they're, uh, you know, an HLA match, which means that it should take. There's still a 50% rejection rate. The immune system really wants your own cells. You know, they these people are often put, I mean, always, they're put on high immune suppressant drugs to ensure that this transplant takes uh, and it's still, there's still like a 50% rejection rate. So yes, you could use a family member's cells. And what these cells are really good at, donor cells uh, are really good at decreasing inflammation and that's helpful. Uh, but if you want to have these cells actually engraft and start regrowing healthy tissue, you really want to have your own cells. That's So I always tell people, do this for you. You do plenty of things for your kids. You do plenty of things. The best thing you can maybe do for your kids is to set these aside so that you yourself can stick around a little longer, uh, potentially. Um, so it's funny. People aren't all that people are good. You know, they want to do things for their children, but it's funny how little parents will often think about their own <laughs> sort of future health. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, good question. Definitely could be a benefit for a family member, but really you should do this for yourself. Um, your body wants your own cells. Right. I'm just saying is, you know, look, if, um, if for some reason, or as an insurance policy, um, you know, if I feel if I fear in the future someone in my family is going to have a problem, that they would need a transplant or something, you know, maybe at least it's it's a stopgap stopgap effort. You know, it'd be better if they did it themselves, but 
yeah. if nothing else, if I do it for them. Well, yes. If, if you bank your, yeah, Rich, if you bank your stem cells with Forever Labs, um, and then God forbid someone in your family had, you know, let's say a blood cancer, um, I think it would be smart. Yeah, just let your, hey, doc, I have this asset set aside. Can this be beneficial? Um, and, and perhaps it could be. So, um, yeah, but I, I do think if most people doing this, we try to be really admin about like, this is for you. You know, you're setting aside your own biology that is very specific to you. And that's why this is important is because your biology is specific to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's rare, but maybe identical twins, this would be even more beneficial for, et cetera. So. Sure. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Um, so how do people uh, take action or ask more questions? Like where do they go from here to find out more about your company? Yeah. I would go to foreverlabs.com. Um, and on there, uh, there'll be, you know, one of those little chat boxes that pop up. Um, there's actually a human being there. So it's not, uh, you know, pre-scripted answers. Just a person that will answer any questions you have. Um, you can go to, you can email info at foreverlabs.com and we'll have a, a human being reach out to you. And, um, I think the best thing, if you're anyone's interested at all in having this set aside is to set up a time to talk with one of the client liaisons. They're really a soft touch. They don't try to push you into signing up. They really just want to make sure you are well-informed. So um, yeah, foreverlabs.com is a good starting spot. Okay, very good. Well, Stephen, thanks for coming. It's a fascinating concept. And I really hope that it, it takes off and people are able to get procedures in the US and it just becomes a, a huge thing. But uh, yeah. thank you for what you do. Thank you, Rich. I enjoyed it. Take care. Do you struggle with concentration? Have you ever thought of your brain health long-term? Bomar Nutrition is revolutionizing the nootropic and cognitive health industry with sharp nootropic powder and patent-pending bright daily capsules, powered by NeuroBloom. If you struggle with focusing, think of Sharp as brain food that supports concentration. Sharp works with your natural brain chemistry to provide a heightened sense of well-being that can delay cognitive decline and also increase mood. Bomar Sharp tastes amazing and comes in many different flavors available in caffeinated and non-caffeinated versions. While Sharp is a short-term aid in cognitive health, think of Bright Daily Capsules as a way to improve overall brain health and prevent cognitive decline long-term. As we age, so does our brain. Supplementing with Bright has the potential to delay this aging process and helps your brain function optimally. Stay ahead of the curve and order yours today at bomarnutrition.com and save $5 off with code GENIUS5. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.